0: This is the Do It Scared Podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 75. On today's episode, we're talking to number one New York Times bestselling author Jen Sincero about embracing your inner badass every single day. Welcome to the Do It Scared Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. Today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our online program that teaches you step-by-step How to Build a Successful, Profitable, and Sustainable Online Business. Whether you already have a business or you're just thinking about starting one, EBA provides a comprehensive and proven approach to refining your message, growing your audience, and generating a sustainable revenue. With more than 11,000 students in 60 countries worldwide, we know exactly what works and what doesn't. And our goal is to help you create a business that you love. If you are interested in finding out more, we invite you to join our free training just for podcast listeners at doitscared.com/eba. Once again, that's doitscared.com/eba. Hey there and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup and I'm the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of 6 books including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's very special episode, we are chatting with one of my very favorite authors, Jen Sincero, whose book You Are a Badass became an international sensation. And you guys, she is so awesome. She's got so much great advice to share, not just about embracing your inner badass, but about eliminating self-sabotage from your life changing your money mindset, and keeping yourself motivated every single day. And let's face it, ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about taking the steps that are going to help us make those necessary changes so that we can create a life we love. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared, but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other – even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. All right, guys. So as always, just a couple more quick housekeeping items before we dive into today's episode. First, you can download the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 75. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 75. Also, if you have not done this already, be sure to head over to doitscare.com to take our free fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be showing up in your life and potentially holding you back, as well as to discover exactly what you can do about it. Also, if you have any questions or if you just want to share feedback on this episode or you just want to reach out for some other reason, please feel free to send me an email or message me on Instagram. I love hearing back from you guys, and I love getting that feedback to know how things are affecting you, what's resonating with you, and even other guests that you would like to hear interviewed on the Do It Scared podcast. All right, so now, without further ado, I am so, so excited to introduce you to the one and only Jen Sincero. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for
1: being here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So let's just start jumping in and talk about how you got to where you are now. First, I'd love to just hear the quick overview of who you are, what you do, and then your journey up to this point. What were the major milestones to getting to where you are today?
1: Well, um it's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> where do I start? I was a freelance writer for a very long time. i um you know, and and sort of this whole badass journey started with the fact that I was broke. and uh, I was in a band, and I did a lot of things I loved doing, but I just never could really crack the financial code. And so, finally, in my forties, after sort of half-assingly trying many things, I started reading all these self-help books and really focusing on making money and um, going to seminars where people were talking about making money. And you know, basically, giving, you know, giving myself permission to make money and doing every single thing I could think of to get my act together in that department. And, um, and it worked. And I realized that, um, you know, since I was a writer before all of this, I realized that there were so many great, great, great books out there that helped me so much, but there wasn't really one that spoke in a language that I thought was funny and interesting and irreverent. So that's how I came up with the idea to write you are a badass and all the badass books. And, um, I sort of poured everything that I had been through, into them, including, you know, I eventually became a life coach uh, while I was getting coached and while I was going to all these seminars. So it's just sort of a a coming together of all the things that I did throughout my life to get my poop in a scoop and in high hopes of helping other people do the same. I love that.
0: Well, and I think I, one of the things that I love most about your story and your personal journey that it was a long haul, like you were in your 40s before you've kind of stumbled upon this thing that was your thing and that was the right thing. And that has like, I mean, and at this point you've had so much success, like seven gazillion copies of your books have been sold everywhere. And
1: precisely seven <laughs> gazillion, actually. <laughs>
0: seven gazillion. It's a real number. And but it's so I think it's so easy for so many people to look at that to look at the success that you've had and see only the success that you've had and mm-hmm. not see the journey before it and go oh well sure it was easy for her she was in the right place at the right time or she just had the right thing and if i would have had just the right thing it would have been easy for me too and we see you know we see that over, overnight success story or what looks like from the outside the overnight success story and it's never actually that way it's never actually an overnight success story and so I'm just curious, knowing what you know now and knowing how the story ends, because it's way different when you're in it and you don't know how the story's gonna end. So knowing knowing how the story ends, what would you go back and tell that girl who was struggling?
1: It's gonna get super awesome. <laughs> Spend all your money because you'll make more. <laughs> Well, yeah, just that uh, you just sort of what you just said that you just don't know how it's going to go and um, stressing out in the moment uh, when you really don't know what lies ahead is such a waste of time. It's, you know, it's a pretty evolved thing to be able to do to really just sort of trust the process. But, uh, you know, if I could if I could tell myself to trust the process that and have myself listen, that would have been great. Would have saved me a lot of gray hairs. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So true. So what are some of the hardest lessons that you had to learn along the way? Or either in your life, personal life or career, what happened and what did it teach you?
1: The hardest lessons were um around for me um getting help. I was a big, you know, I, I really struggle with feeling like I need to do everything myself. And so that began with even just reading the self help books, you know, just trusting that getting information from other people instead of sort of figuring I can do it all by myself and going to seminars and hiring coaches and, and reaching out, um, you know, that was really, really big for me. And so it, it took me until my forties to get my act together because I was so busy trying it on my own. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was a really good thing that I finally got off my butt and asked for some help. Um,
0: what? Can I ask what that looked like for you the first time?
1: Yeah, it was it was going to these seminars, you know, where I and um, you know, going to money-making seminars that I thought were so cheesy and just so stupid and you know, getting over my judge. I don't even think I got over my judgment. I think I went in spite of my judgment actually. <laughs> and uh and um, you know, and spending money to fly to Las Vegas to go to some cheesy millionaire mindset thing. And just doing it, and um, you know, and then eventually paying for private coaching, which was terrifying because it was not cheap, and I was already in debt, and uh, you know, really pushing myself outside of my comfort zone over and over and over again.
0: And it feels so counterintuitive when you're doing that. You think I should know how to do this stuff myself. I should be able to do it on my own, and yet it's not working. And I'm just curious. Was there like when you started doing that, you know, you were at first, you thought it was super cheesy, or maybe you thought it was super cheesy the whole time. But was there a turning point for you when it was like, okay, this is actually working?
1: You know, yes, there was when I when I really started making money. But I also felt like it had started working because there was an excitement around opening up my mind and shifting my mindset. And you know, it took a while I had to you know, it took me a couple of years of going to the seminars and reading the books and getting coaching. Well, actually, I don't remember exactly how long it took, but, but (laughs) it did, but you know, but it was, there was a lot of shifting that was just sort of internal that was exciting. And just, I started to feel better because I felt like I was taking action and that I was at least on a path, even though I had no idea where the hell it was leading. Um, those results started almost instantly just feeling better. And I think that's really important when anybody's setting about changing anything is the emotional shift that starts because that's what keeps you going when that's all the true. doubt, fear, and worry comes up. So it's, so that was an important part of the process for me. Just
0: having the hope. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And one of your books, You Are a Badass at Making Money talks specifically about money mindset. It's actually a book that I recommend to a lot of my students, um, because I feel like their money mindset is at the root of so many of their problems so often. They can't be successful in their business until they address this idea that they can't make money or that they're not gonna be capable of making money. So how did that play out in your life specifically? And just, I mean, what what is Money Mindset and why is it so important?
1: Money mindset is so important because we live in a culture that is so bonkers about money. And, uh, you know, (laughs) and and we we all are because we've all been, you know, raised in this weirdo system that, um, you know, if somebody handed you $10,000, you'd be super psyched. And yet deep down, we may think that, you know, money is the root of all evil that, you know, that it's, you can't be spiritual and make money at the same time that, um, you know, the desire to get rich means you're a greedy pig headed moron, you know, whatever we've got. So there's a ton of judgment around money. And at the same time, we all want it. So we've, everybody's got a huge push pull with it. And I'm telling you, if you don't have money, you've got a bigger push pull than you may even realize, So um, starting with the mindset and unhooking from a lot of these negative beliefs uh, and judgments around money is super important because until you do, you will not let yourself move forward and get rich.
0: So how do you do that?
1: You start by noticing what your little story is around money. And so I actually put this exercise in both um, You Are a Badass and You're a Badass at Making Money, which is the one where you write a letter to money. And, uh, it's so revealing because if you really do the exercise and really go stream of consciousness, when you read what you have staring back in front of you, um, it can be quite illuminating (laughs) because a lot of us want it and get excited about it and are disgusted by that desire at the same time.
0: So how long did it take you to feel like you were able to conquer that? And was it, did you have to conquer the money mindset thing first before you could actually become successful?
1: I had to conquer, the first thing that I had to conquer was the idea that I was allowed to make money. So I think that giving myself permission and by giving myself permission, I was allowed to make the decision to get rich. So I think that is epic and really loaded. So, you know, because think about it. If you say to all your friends, I'm going to get super rich this year. There's gonna be a lot of raised eyebrows and sort of, (laughs) you know what I mean? Sort of like that's gross, right? So that little decision and that giving yourself permission is enormous because we also have a raised eyebrow within ourselves that for some reason that's not okay. It means you're a bad person. It automatically means you're going to compromise your morals and your values. You know, we we have so much attached to it. So the very first thing that I did and this is really when it all started to shift for me was to give myself permission to get rich. And that was huge. And it took me over 40 years to do, but that, that I did first off. And then the rest of the money mindset, the, the, the wealth consciousness was definitely much more gradual, uh, you know, that I worked on as I was getting coached and reading and, you know, all the trillions of things I did.
0: So good. It's so true. I mean, I see it all the time because I teach people how to create online businesses and how to build online businesses. And i I think the number one thing that stands in people's way is this this feeling like, oh, well, I could never charge people for this. I could never, mm-hmm. I could never ask for money, or I don't want to sell things, or if I'm selling things, I'm selling out. I'm like, what do you think having a business is like? You're that is having a business. Selling selling things is the only part of of having a business. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't have a business. You have a charity, right? right. <laughs> you have a, a hobby. hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. you have a hobby. But it's it's like there's this feeling, of, uh, and I don't know. Like, do you think it's do you feel like it's mo- more it's worse with women, or it that it affects men and women equally? Have you seen that?
1: It's definitely worse for women. We I think have so, not too. been raised to feel entitled. In a good way that men have. We haven't been raised to feel confident. We've been raised to put everybody before us. We've been raised to, you know, make everybody else feel taken care of before ourselves. And um, we definitely, you know, we can definitely overcome it, but it's, we definitely have some stuff to deal with that men don't.
0: So, so true. So switching gears a little bit, um, one of the things that you also talk about in your books that I love is self-sabotage. I guess it's a little bit related to to this, but basically how we are our own worst enemies. So besides the money mindset piece, what are some other ways that we tend to self-sabotage and what can we do to stop it?
1: We decide everything needs to be perfect. So that, and it's funny because a lot of the self-sabotage stuff, would hold up in a, in a rational conversation. Well, of course it needs to be perfect because that I don't want to put myself out there and look stupid. And, you know, you only get one shot to make a first impression and yada yada yada. So, I'm a big believer in done is better than perfect. Um procrastination, which when I took your fear assessment thing was my thing. So, I'm very <laughs> <don't> ask me <laughs> anything is, about the procrastination. Procrast-
0: the procrastinator is the perfectionist. Right. Like those two are yep are like very close related, but that's so funny that you would say that because even as you said that, I was like, oh, I wonder if these self-sabotages are like lined up with the um, fear archetypes because the fear archetype is like fear of rejection. That's the outcast or um, the rule follower, Mm. the fear of stepping outside the lines or the people pleaser, the fear of letting people down. Right. So some of those sound like they would be right in line with self-sabotage.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, all those things you just said, like those are all all the things that we do and it's so funny it's just we take them so seriously and that's why awareness is such a key key part of the process because we get caught up in believing that there's you know quote unquote truths about the way things are and it's only when you step back and start watching and you're like oh god i've been totally buying into the fact that uh you have to work hard to make money or you know and it has to be fun free or that everything has to be perfect or you know, you, you, we just get on this autopilot and that's why awareness is so critical.
0: That's so true. In fact, that's exactly what I say is the power of taking an assessment, like the fear assessment, because that's once you identify fear and how it's impacting you. Or in this case, you could call it self-sabotage. We don't even always call it fierce. We call it sometimes anxiety. We call it perfectionism. We call it feeling overwhelmed. Whatever it is, whatever those truths are, that we don't realize that all of these things that are happening happening subconsciously for us are not actually truth, but they're our beliefs. But mm-hmm. as soon as you can start to see those patterns, that's when you can start to do something about it. You have to name it and claim it. And it sounds like you, you, you're saying a lot of the exact same exact same philosophies apply here.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So (laughs) in, um, in your newest book, You Are a Badass Every Day, uh, you talk a little bit about staying motivated through daily rituals and habits. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and why it's so necessary.
1: Because when you're, when you're setting out to change a quote unquote truth about your life, right? that's pretty ingrained stuff. It's not that you can't, can't overcome it, but it is your go-to and it's a knee jerk and it's in your fiber. So if you desire to create a new reality and change out of old, bad habits and ways of perceiving the world, repetition is key. And, um, You know, that's what I call going to the spiritual gym. You've got to uh, work out. You've got to, you know, do the same things over and over, like, you know, reading the self-help books, meditating, meeting with a mastermind partner, um, you know, working with a coach just, you know, whatever it is that you've got, you can't just go to the gym one day and get into shape. You've got to keep at it and keep at it. And then, you know, even when you get into shape, you still got to keep at it. So, you know, no rest for the wicked folks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and and mindset is a muscle and you can slide back. So it is really important to, to keep these good habits and to keep some kind of routine in place so that you, you know, that you keep growing.
0: So what are some ways that you specifically do that? What does that look like in your own life and routine?
1: I'm pretty, um, strict about who I hang out with and what I talk about and catching myself on, you know, complaining, which is super fun sometimes, but, uh, (laughs) you know, but really being aware of when I'm having a, a bit of a pity party, uh, I'm usually reading something that makes me feel like super powerful. Um I would like to say I meditate every day, but that is a challenge for me. So I'm I'm working on that one. I exercise a lot. I get out in nature a lot. That's huge for me. And I'm just very conscious of my energy, uh, both emotionally and physically. So things that make me feel tired and dragged down physically. I stay away from and, um, also things that just make me, you know, psychologically sad or, you know, just my emotional energy. I, I, I really, really pay attention to that. And especially as I get older, man, I feel like energy is everything. So, so yeah, I really watch it because I like having energy and I like having positive energy. So I, I get very clear on what specific things give me the good stuff. I love
0: that. I love that. the, analogy to comparing it to the gym because that like that's my worst my worst thing. I hate exercise. And but it's so true. Like even like so I think if I just get in shape, <laughs> then I don't have to go to the gym anymore. But then I so I'll go for a while and I'll be like, I feel great. I, I look good. I don't need to do this anymore. And then I right. slack off and it all goes away. And it's so it's such a good. It's it's such a true example of that because yeah. it's like that with so many things in our life, you know. And I tell people that all the time too. Like you, you feel great. You can come and you listen to a podcast like this, or you read a self help book, or you go to a conference, and you're like up on the mountaintop, and everything's awesome, and and you're like, I can do this. I got this. Rah rah rah. And then like life happens, and it drags you right back down if you don't have that constant like encouragement and that constant source of something to keep filling you up. You have to fill up all the time.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember, like, for those of us who hate going to the gym and, uh, <laughs> you know, and doing all this stuff, it's a be- first of all, it doesn't need to take forever. Like 30 minutes at the damn gym a day can change a life. My God, I started doing Pilates. It's true. You do Pilates lying down. Who knew? Oh, you get like really? this great workout lying down. It's like my <laughs> dream come true. Oh my God. Uh,
0: and and it Pilates, kicks your butt, where but have you been all down. my life? I can't seriously, believe I've, nobody I, has ever told me this I, before. I had no idea yeah, you do it laying down. Get
1: in on the Pilates. <laughs> Holy crap. I can't even believe how much <laughs> I, I, I love it. I'm gonna so, try that. Right.
0: I'm gonna try that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurship journey. Cause I love hearing just about how people make it as a business owners and what it has been like for you in your in your journey as an entrepreneur and having your own business and making money what advice would you give to somebody who's just getting started and what mistakes that you made in your own journey would you want to help people avoid
1: well first of all Making sure that you want to be an entrepreneur because I don't think it's for everybody. And um, I am 100% an entrepreneur and I love it. And just being okay with if you are or if you aren't and not forcing it. So, you know, I I definitely know I have a friend who just quit his job of like 30 years and he was all excited to start his own company. And, you know, he decided he was going to go out on his own and he was so unhappy because he's like, I'm lonely and I really miss the structure. And there were all of these things and, you know, he liked having a regular thing to do every single day. So he got a new job and now he's happy again. Whereas I had nightmares for 10 years after I quit my last you know, quote unquote job that I was trapped in the building and could not get out. <laughs> and it was a great job, but I That's so hated funny. doing the same thing every day. Yeah. I hated the structure. I do. The loneliness, I think is a big part of the entrepreneur thing is you got to be able to handle that. But, uh, but I, I know in my in my soul that I am definitely an entrepreneur. So I would say for sure make starting out, that is something super important. How do you think you know? If you enjoy it more than you don't. You know, just sort of if you in if there's more value in seeing how far you can take it and testing limits and and you know, you know, whatever it is that that excites you about having your own business, if that outweighs all the cons, you know. It's sort of the same way with anything. If the pros yeah. outweigh the cons, yeah, yeah. Because um, there is
0: a lot of that. There's the yeah, just the the risk taking, and then mm-hmm. not always knowing exactly what you're doing, and having to make mistakes, and whether or not you can handle all of that, and still be excited about it. Like right. the thrill of when things do work out right. is stronger than the pain of when things don't exactly. work out. That's probably that's a really good way of explaining it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and then really getting clear on how you're going to make money. What, you know, how you're going to leverage yourself, you know, getting getting the money piece right out of the gate in place instead of just being like, I'm going to make purses because I love purses. And, you know, that's great, but how are you plant? That's a hobby, right? So yes. uh, that that expression, do what you love and the money will follow drives me nuts because <laughs> do what you love Figure out how to create an income stream with it and the money will follow. It's a really important piece. So, yes, I think really getting clear on that out of the gate because, as you said, you know, it's a business and money is making money is what a business is all about. So, getting clear with that, Um, not being afraid to ask for help, Uh, you know, spending money and time on reaching out to other people who have more experience than you do delegating is enormous. You've got to delegate. Um, yeah. And 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 being authentic, I think, because there is not a business out there that has not already been created, in my opinion. And you bring to it whatever your special twist on things is. So, uh, you know, just always coming back to yourself and figuring out, you know, why do I want to do this? Why do I love this? What do I have to offer? Uh, and and staying close to that.
0: I love that. That's actually really good advice. Cause I think so often like there's two, there's two camps. There's the people who see something cool, somebody else is doing, and they try to, emulate it exactly and like recreate it and which is not where you want to go. That's not okay. But then there's also the people who are like, well, everything's already been done and there's nothing that I can do or there's nothing that I can offer. And there's actually like a whole world right in the middle. Like it's true. Like there's nothing new under the sun, right? Everything has been done Mm -hmm. in some way at some point. But what you bring... Is your own perspective and your own thing and your own amazing badass self. And that's the part that makes your thing great. And so if you can't bring that authenticity, then it's not there. And then the piece about the money oh my gosh, that is so true. Because when you are only following like your passion or this thing that you love or that you want to talk about or whatever, like you got to think. Ahead from the very beginning, how am I actually going to make money at this? There are some topics, especially because I I teach with bloggers, so like there are some topics that will make more money than others. Mm-hmm. And if you want to start a hobby blog, that's great, but don't expect to like don't expect it to make money. If you don't have a path to money from the very beginning, then it's going to be an up here an uphill battle that you're going to be fighting for a long time.
1: Yeah, and I and I also just actually want to go back and speak for a moment about that part about being authentic because you're, it can take a while to develop your voice in whatever you're doing. So I just want to say for the record that I think it's great to just get in the damn game, however you can. And if you're caught being a copycat, that's fine. Just get started. And then you'll grow into figuring out what your unique voice on the matter is, you know, but the most important thing is that you just get in the game and start doing it. Yes. So yeah. true.
0: That is so true. Like done is better than perfect. Yeah. So just do something. Yeah. And and then you keep improving and you keep getting better. That's exactly true. Yeah. That actually um, brings me to another question because – and I'm sure that you get this question probably all the time. But when people – one of the concerns I get a lot is people are thinking about starting a business or they want to start it, especially an online business, which usually involves some sort of website or email marketing or some sort of marketing and copywriting. And then they think I'm not a good writer. I can't do this. So how do you get better at writing? What's your advice for that?
1: Read a ton and write a ton. I mean, I, I think that's how I I'm serious. Like, well, especially if, I know it's so if simple. you <laughs> want to become a good, you know what, you know, actually let me use my home renovation as an example. Like, I don't know anything about design. I've never owned a house. And so now I've been working, I bought a house almost two years ago and I've been renovating it nonstop, but I've learned so much about design. I think I'm a pretty good designer now, but I, but I learned it from, instead of just being like walking into a place and being like, my God, this hotel is beautiful or this bathroom's beautiful, noticing the specifics of why I think things are beautiful or why I think they're hideous. And that has helped me become a good designer is getting into the specifics of what it is. So if you want to become a good writer, don't just be like, you know, so-and-so is a brilliant writer, get clear on why that person is a brilliant writer and start deconstructing how they're writing. And that's the best way I know how to learn just really notice what you do and don't like about the way other people write and then try your hand at it over and over and figure out what you do and do not like about the way you write.
0: Yes, that's amazing advice, actually. And that's, it's so true. Like, first of all, paying attention is huge but then practice 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 people mm-hmm. don't want to practice they don't want to do the, the hard it's like' work to the gym of sucking for a while yeah <laughs> like you're gonna suck when you go to the gym for a long time uh-huh. too but eventually you get to be like super buff or whatever yeah. I yeah so I've heard that's not happened for me but <laughs> I, <laughs> I I realize in theory that that's what happens but um, but writing is the same way like you have got to just write and write and write and write and write yeah so do you have any big goals that you're working on right now that have you really fired up? What's your next, what's your next move? Finishing
1: <laughs> my goddamn house, which is so close. Uh, yes. So that is extremely exciting. Getting my electricity turned on all the way. Uh, I'm also writing a lot of comedy now, which is so much fun. So, That's awesome. You know, I, yeah. I, um, I realize that, you know, some of my favorite things are comedy and writing and hanging out with people I love. And so I've started. I'm, I'm working on a screenplay with a dear old friend of mine, and we're just having a blast. Uh, and I am going to be embarking on yet another badass book uh, very soon. So that- do we get to hear what it is? No, because I'm actually not entirely sure. It's I've got a couple. Ideas working. Titles. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be. but I'm really excited about that, and I am toying with the idea of doing another online course because I actually miss coaching a little. I miss the group coaching calls. I just I love um, connecting with my people, and so we'll see if I do that. But that's also a maybe. <laughs> I don't want to commit to that one. got to uh, get the
0: house done first. Yeah, got to
1: finish the house. Yes.
0: <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you practice self-care in your life and business? We talked about some of the things that you do to take care of yourself, but is there any specific things that you do specifically to protect your confidence or just especially because you have this job where you're out there and you mm. open yourself up for criticism, you're you got, you know, got a lot of people following and reading your writing. How do you, how do you protect like your inner core?
1: I don't read any reviews, good or bad. I really don't. It's none of my good business, But people think I don't of either. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at saying no. I got to say once I hit 50, that became like a no brainer, really, really good at saying no. Um, I do stop a lot and think in the moment, like, is, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? What, you know, stopping and slowing down is a huge, huge, huge challenge and um, benefit for me personally is just to slow down and get clear on whether something's bringing me joy or not. Um, I love being outside. I go hiking all of the time. um, I make I'm, – I'm in really good touch with all my close friends and, you know, the people. I surround myself with people that I love as much as possible. I'm pretty good at self-care. I have a lot of fun. I love that.
0: <laughs> I love that. Where do you live?
1: Yeah. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, I bet yeah. it's so pretty there. Yeah, it's good. Hard Where do you not live?
0: To, I live in Florida.
1: So oh. – it's That's a little slatter.
0: Nice I grew up yeah. in the Pacific Northwest and oh, I, miss, I
1: miss mountains. You got as far away as you possibly could. <laughs> My God, that literally is. I
0: did. Most people don't catch that right away, uh-huh. but <laughs> you're pretty astute. Yeah, I did get <laughs> as far away as possible. And I, I love it uh, for the most part, but I do miss mountains yeah. so much. Yeah. I miss hiking a lot there's no hiking in Florida. Yeah. It's, hiking is so pointless. Yeah. <laughs> it's walking. It's called walking. Well, you get like to <laughs> exercise, so that's good. No uphills. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe that's why, because yeah. that was like the only exercise See? that I actually enjoyed you did a great
1: job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So just as we're wrapping up, can you talk a little bit about the role of fear in your life and business? Um, I know your fear archetype is the procrastinator. Have you seen that play out in your life or has there been anything that you've had that's really scared you in the in either presently or in the past and how have you learned how to either live with it or move past it?
1: I try to remember that if it's something that's important to me and I'm scared that that's a really really good sign. It means, you know, stepping outside of the comfort zone, so I really look for fear. And, and if there's something I'm trying to accomplish and I'm not scared, I'm like, okay, you're being a weenie. Like, how can you like that? You're just trying right now. You haven't really made the decision. So I do look to fear as a guide to get me off my butt to, to step it up in a major way. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the first thing that popped into my mind about recently, like fear, uh, in my business was when I was writing You're a Badass at Making Money. Um, you know, You Are a Badass did so well. And, and I want to say there was so much pressure on me to, to write a book that was just as good for my second badass book. I think that pressure was completely self-induced, but I decided that the entire world was watching me, you know, <laughs> and that this had to be brilliant. And uh, I was despondent and terrified that I was just going to write the same thing again, or just, I, I just didn't think I could do it at all. And, um, and really worked myself up into a state and, uh, try to think actually how, you know, it got to the point where I was so terrified and was procrastinating, but I'm a, I use procrastination actually in my writing. I, I, um, I perform much better under a crap load of pressure. So, I put it off until I literally have a month left and I've written all my books in a month, um, the first draft anyway, and it's not healthy. And I, but I've, I've been a writer for 30 years now and I've always done it that way. So I'm not going to change it. But, uh, anyway, but I think that, um, that, that fear was good for me because it, it really pushed me to go beyond to, to really figure out, okay, well, how are you going to make this book better and different? And what haven't you said? And, you know, why are you writing this damn thing like that you already wrote one and there was something about money in that book like what's the big whoop de do about a whole book about money so it, it forced me to go much deeper into the topic than I would have if I wasn't scared so wow yeah
0: that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I can I can actually relate to that so so much after like, having written multiple books too and not obviously nothing cl- close to the the level of success that you've had with your books but but having the first one do really well and then the pressure that comes from having needing the second one to do just as well and then I felt that just with my latest book do it scared like I was a wreck for months. I can t- I everything that you were saying it was like you were talking mm-hmm. about me because that is exactly how I felt. I mean, I, I was waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety attacks and, and it was literally just that pressure that I was putting on myself of like everything. I I think sometimes once you've had a little bit of success, it almost makes things harder because when you're, when you haven't had any success, it's easy. There's nothing to lose. But when you have had success, it seems like there's so much at stake and everybody's watching and it, I can absolutely 100% relate to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on, on that so much, but it worked out because you are a badass at making money is Thank an amazing you. book. It's in a book that every single person literally should read because it will change. It'll, especially if you've ever dealt with any, with any issues relating to money, like you're scared to make it. You just don't like, you don't think you can make it, whatever, whatever it is got, you have to read that book. You have to start making those changes in your life because it will change everything Thank for you. you. <laughs> so I ask this question, um, every episode and I love, I love the answers. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received and why?
1: Oh gosh, there's been so much. Um, you know, it's something I've gotten my whole life. And I never really knew what they were, t- everybody was talking about, but, um, it would be, don't be so hard on yourself. And uh, I was like, I'm not hard on myself. I'm... And I I used to be anyway. I think I'm getting better. I, it's so hard. Self-perception is so impossible. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it's that perfectionism thing again, where everything had to be perfect, where I didn't believe anybody's... Um, accolades where, you know, nothing was ever good enough. And, um, and I was really hard on myself for a really long time. And I think that also is probably why I know I'm thinking about it. It took me so long to get help because I think I felt like I had to do it myself. It had to be perfect. It had to be, you know, I was, you know, you can't, uh, I don't know. I think part of being hard on yourself is not asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: well, it's hard to have that humility to be able to ask other people and mm-hmm. to admit that you're not, that you're not perfect and you haven't done everything right. It is. That's like, it's terrifying Yeah, for sure. That's really Mm -hmm. good advice. And there are a lot, the procrastinator is actually the most common archetype. So you are in good company and I'm sure
1: hang out and not do our stuff together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Much much needed advice for all those perfectionists (laughs) out there. All right. So just final words of wisdom. Is there anything else you want to know, want us to know? And then where can we find you online?
1: Um, I am at jensincero.com or we will both get you to my website. And I think, yeah, and I think just, you know, your whole message around fear, um, it's that, that fear is your pal. It's your best pal if you want to grow and to really keep looking for the stuff that scares the crap out of you, because that's the sign that you're heading out of your comfort zone. I love
0: that. Great way to finish. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks so much for having me on. This was a blast. Yeah. Okay. So don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with all the links to everything we talked about, you can find it all at com slash episode 75. Once again, get all the show notes and links on our website at doitscared.com slash episode 75. And while you're there at doitscared.com, be sure to take our free fear assessment and then If you're interested in blogging or writing or starting an online business, please go take our free training at doitscared.com eba And then before we go, I just want to say as always that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics you'd like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, any other guests you'd like to see interviewed, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would go post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, you might as well subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as we introduce something brand spanking new to the Do It Scared podcast that I think you guys are going to love. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It is something a lot of people have been asking for, but I think I might just keep you in suspense for a little bit longer. Suffice to say, it is definitely worth tuning in next week, and I will catch you then.